truth tonight. I've entitled the message that I know God has given me, not dad advice and not advice. I've entitled it Pursue the Anointing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just lean into you tonight. And Holy Spirit, you are who we need. You're who Jesus has sent to us. So God, I pray that your spirit would move tonight. Well, God, that you would do what only you can do. Because God, we need you. We need more of you. Well, Lord, we need everything that you have for us. So tonight, God, I pray that we would, we would get closer to you. Lord, that we would become more like you. Well, God, that we would carry your presence into the world around us. Lord, that we would carry you in our lives to the world around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Who would like more anointing in their life? Who would like more of the anointing of God in their life? So I know I do. I know I do. There's a man in the Bible called Elisha, and he certainly wanted more. He wasn't satisfied with what he had, and he was desperate to get more of God. He was desperate to have the anointing of God in his life. And uh, it's a bit of a story, so I just want you to sit back and just enjoy as I read this to you uh, tonight. Uh, If you've got a Bible in your possession, you can read along if you want, but this is from 2 Kings chapter 2. And it goes like this, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha, so Elijah was a great prophet of God, a great man of God. Elisha was like his understudy. He was uh, someone that was uh, seeking Elijah out. He was, a, he was a young prophet. He was a prophet in training and he wanted what Elijah had and he was willing to do whatever it took to stay close to Elijah to get what Elijah had. And it says this, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. And then Elisha, sorry, Elijah again said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? It's like all those people that hear from God as well, hey, my gosh. Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. 
As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire, and it drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. And then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And then the river divided and Elisha went across. Church, clearly Elisha was hungry for more. Clearly he was not satisfied with what he had. Clearly he wanted more. He was hungry for the anointing of God. He saw what was on Elijah's life and he wanted it. But he was so bold, wasn't he? He's like, I don't want just what you've got. I want double what you have. And I love that. I love that Elisha was like, you've you've done incredible things, but I know there's more in God. And he's like, and I I want double what you've experienced. And I just love the boldness of Elisha in making a statement like that. I love that straight away he takes the mantle the cloak of the man of God and he, and he does the exact same thing that he has been shown by Elijah and he folds it up and strikes the water. It's interesting because it, it doesn't happen straight away like it did for Elijah. But Elisha again doesn't give up. In that moment he just cries out, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And then the river opened up. See, Elisha used what he had to achieve the task on his life that God had given him. He took what Elijah had left behind and he took it and he used it. It was the anointing of God because Elijah said, if you're still here with me, you'll have it. And what was left was the mantle, it was the cloak, it was the anointing that Elijah carried. With the anointing, he could do more. With the anointing, he could do more than what was on his life. Elijah recognised that it wasn't Elijah, it was the Spirit of God and he wanted more of it. See, when you're anointed, you're in the will of God. When you're anointed, you can do what God has called you to do. When you're anointed, the plan of God for your life will overrule anything that the enemy is trying to throw at you. The disciples were anointed. Jesus was anointed. And you and I are anointed. Jesus said this in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. This was the anointing that was on the life of Jesus. Just like there was an anointing on Elijah, Elisha wanted double of what Elijah had. And there's an anointing that is on you and I that was on Jesus. And I believe that there is more. Jesus himself said that greater things will you do than even I have done. I want to encourage you tonight. And my goal tonight is to activate a fresh desire for the greater things, for the things that the anointing of God can do in you and through you. You you can't do it. But when you take hold of the anointing of God, when when you allow the Spirit of God to move on you and through you, Greater things can you do than even Jesus did. You're allowed to ask for more than what Jesus did. You're allowed to be bold as Elisha was and ask for incredible things to happen in you and through you. 
Let me get a little bit Shane Willard on you tonight. I love doing Shane Willard stuff. Next slide. There it is. Ruach. You got it. You got to like get some phlegm in the back of your mouth. Come on, church, do it tonight with me. Ruach. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Ruach. Very good. Very good. Yes. See, I told you I can get Shane Willard on you. It means spirit. The spirit of God. I dug in a little bit deeper, as our senior pastor told us to do this morning. The spirit of God also endows men with gifts. Various gifts, the Bible says. So the Spirit of God is not just the third part of the triune God that we serve. The Spirit of God endows us, which means gifts to us, gives to us gifts. The next word that Jesus said is what the Spirit came to do was came to anoint him. He said, this is me. And so uh, again, turn your eyes to the screen. Next slide. There it is. Got it. The H is phlegm. Okay, whenever you see H, it's fl- it actually means phlegm. It's true. So when you when you say it properly, that's right. Get get it out there. Come on, just bring a little bit up into your into the back of your throat. Creo. Ready? On three with me. One, two, three. Creo. There you are. Look at that. Even I can teach you original words. It means this. To to consecrate an office. So you think about all of the anointings that took place in the Bible. There was always anointing a king or a priest. It was never used in secular terms in the entirety of the Bible. Not once. And only once, and I've got the verse for us in a minute, only once was it used deferring to us the believers. It's incredible. Only once. Let's read this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to 22. It says this, It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. He has anointed us. And He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. He has sent us the Holy Spirit and He has anointed you and I because we're not just human beings, we're royalty. We're kings and priests. It's who we are. And He has anointed us. He has commissioned us. It's one of the very last things that Jesus did. It was all, all culminated. His ministry culminated in setting up the disciples and in setting up you and I. There was a commission and there was an anointing. There was an outpouring of the Spirit of God. You and I have been given the Spirit of God and we have been anointed to do what we've been left here to do. Just like Jesus did a lot of incredible things, you and I have been called to do a lot of incredible things. Double portion, greater things will you do. It's not a matter of how gifted you are. It's a matter of how humble and how willing you are to surrender to what God wants to do through your life. Just the faith of a mustard seed, Jesus said. You don't have to be someone incredibly special because you carry something incredibly special. You don't have to be able to do great and wondrous things because you carry the Spirit that is able to do great and wondrous things. You just got to lean into it and desire more of the anointing of God in your life. 
The parable of the three servants and the talents, it's a uh, scary parable in my opinion because <laughs> it tells us what's really going to happen with what we've been given. And I've just pulled out a couple of excerpts from the, the passage because it's a very long passage and I've got the first one on the screen behind me for you. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. It says this again, this is Jesus speaking. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. A couple of things just to pull out of this point. You and I need to recognize that our gifts are not ours. Our talents are not ours, they're his. What you have is not yours. Now that might ruffle some feathers. Because so many of us, especially in the Western world, think that it's ours. It's mine. We get indoctrinated by the society around us. But it's not yours at all. It's not your time. It's not your money. It's not your gift. It's not your resource. It's not your ability. It's not your talent. God gave it to you and he asked you to do something with it. And he's gone away and he's going to come back and ask you what you did with his stuff. It's a little scary, isn't it? We just got to use it though. I want to encourage you that you don't need to have some amazing plan or some step-by-step process. It's just about a matter of stepping out and using what God has given you to use and not worrying about, well, if I had two talents instead of one, I'd be able to do more. If I if only I had five, like the guy has five, I've only got two. Because it's really interesting that they all, they all made 100%. It's, it's not about what you start with. It's about what you finish with. For all of you finance buffs out there, it's a matter of the percent increase, isn't it? 100% is what they both received. Two to four, five to 10. It's still 100%. They both received the same reward. There's no difference in the reward. You're not going to be, someone who, who seems to have more gifts than you or more talents than you is not going to be gifted more than you. All of them received the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on, enter into my rest. It's all yours. Co-heirs and the inheritance of Christ. It's the same reward. But for the one who buried his talent in the dirt, Jesus said this in Matthew 25 from verse 26, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some more interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I encourage you, church, don't look at what you don't have. Just use what you do have. Steward what you do have. Because if you use well what you have now... God will come and give you more. He is the one that brings abundance in our life. It's the statement that Jesus made, I've come to give them life and give it to them in abundance. In another translation, I've come to give them a rich and satisfying life. It comes from God. So you can try and create it yourself or you can allow God to do it. 
And I'll tell you, he'll do it so much quicker and so much better. And you won't be so tired and you won't be so frustrated and you won't be so distraught. You won't be so messed up or you won't dig yourself into holes you shouldn't be in because God is the one that can do it for you. My next point is this, don't, don't give like it's yours. Give like it's God's. Because if you give like it's God's, then what you're saying is, God, I trust you because I know where it came from. And I can tell you that God has so much more to give, <laughs> that God's giving will never run out. It can't because God's a creative God and he's able to keep on creating. Jason, in worship, I've got a word for you uh, tonight that God wants to breathe on the gift that he has given you and to see it expand and multiply and the, the, the words that you have, God's gonna breathe on those words and see those words do what only he can make them do. If you use them well, you will be given more. Sometimes I think we, we, it's not that we uh, you know, bury them, it's just what, we're just not using them well. We start to pursue other things. We start to pursue more gifts instead of just more of the Spirit of God, more of the anointing of God. We hear for a reason, there is purpose to our existence. If you're called to be a king, to raise finance for the kingdom, then remember where that anointing comes from. Because to be a king, you have to be anointed. Remember where the anointing comes from. You've been anointed to use that gift to further the kingdom of God. And if you're called to be a priest, then lean into it. Lead in the kingdom. Lead like Jesus led. And use the anointing to further the kingdom of God. Church, all are called. You and I have been called and we have been commissioned. We have been given the Spirit of God and we have been anointed to do what He has asked us to do. So don't pursue the talents, don't pursue gifts, pursue the Spirit of God, pursue the anointing. When you surrender to the King, when you submit to the calling of God on your life, the anointing is activated. When you start to lean into what God has asked you to do, that's when the anointing starts to flow. When you're not doing what God has not asked you to do, the anointing won't flow. To activate the, the Spirit of God, to activate Him in your life, you have to do what He has asked you to do. You have to be in the will of God. If you can't use your talents, Jesus said, just show up. If you are, for whatever reason, in a season where you don't feel like you can use your talents, simply just show up. Because Jesus put it like this. He said, you could have at least invested it in the bank. So this is, this is my uh, modern day uh, revelation for us as a church. Just come to church. Just show up. Bring your gift into the house where maybe someone else can take that gift and use it on your behalf. Just show up. Fill a seat. Fill the room. Bring your gift into the house of God. Bring it into the bank so that it can earn interest. And you know what? You'll still be rewarded. Just because you might be going through a struggle season or, or a moment where you can't handle whatever life is throwing at you, I wanna encourage you, just keep showing up. Don't run in the opposite direction. Don't be a Jonah. No, come into the house of God. Lean into the presence of God because it's in that place that you're gonna be able to turn your life around anyway, not outside of the house of God. 
But what happens is you, you start to add to the house of God. You start to add your gift to the other gifts in the room. If 50 of you weren't here, to, say 100 of you decided not to come here tonight, the room would feel smaller, wouldn't it? It'd feel less. The team would probably be less encouraged because, wow, like, why are people coming to church? And the heart of the pastor is like, man, we've got, we got to do something. We've got, we got to change some things. We've got to, where are people going? Like, where are the sheep of God? It's like, what's happening? We're calling. And, and just showing up is good. It's a good thing. Just, just putting it in the bank is a good thing. Jesus said, at least you could have put it in the bank. But when we, but when we don't even show up, what we're doing is we're, we're taking away the ability for that gift to be used. We're taking away the ability and we are robbing God. We are robbing the kingdom of God from that gift being multiplied. Just show up and let someone else maybe use your gift for a season. I want to encourage you, though, to hunger for more. Like Elisha, don't be satisfied with what you have. There is more of God for you. There is so much more of God for your life. What you have seen, it's not the end. It's not the big stuff. It's not the crazy stuff. It's not the stuff that is awesome. I believe that we need to step into a season where we start to see that, where we start to activate what God has on our life. Use well what you've been given. Use it to love one another, to love God and to love the world around you. Check this out. In John chapter 6, verses 1 to 11, it was when Jesus fed the 5,000. He said this, After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Huge crowd following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he wanted to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Well, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Church, with the anointing of Jesus... Five loaves and two fish is way more than enough. With the anointing of God, even the smallest of talents, even the smallest of gifts, even the smallest of submission and surrender is able to achieve incredible things. Can you imagine this boy if he decided not to reveal what he had? Maybe the thoughts of, well, this this is for me. Mum packed this for me. It's my lunch. It's like, I've been looking forward to this all day. Like, I've been savouring over it. I've been waiting to enjoy. It's like, you know those people who, who try and take your chips when you go through the drive-thru? 
And he's like, and you, and you ordered the chips that you wanted. You know those people that, that try and take what's on your plate? Who, no, it's terrible. Don't do that, people. Yes. That's not what he did. He made available what little he had. Imagine the disciples, though, if they, if they thought, you know, oh, well, quick, boys, Jesus said, like, where can we buy food for all these people? Come on, let's work it out and, like, and show them how awesome we are. Come on, let's, let's put our heads together and let's, let's like come up with a great plan and a great way to do it. And let's like concoct up an awesome strategy and, and, and let's do what? Let's do this and impress Jesus. Come on, guys, like, let's, like, what do you have? What do you have? Come on. And it's like, start pulling the resources. And I was like, well, if you know, if we did this and maybe if we quickly did that and then we went down to this town and we like butted and said, you know, well, if you give us this now, you know, we'll probably be able to, we'll pray a blessing over you and, you know, probably go good for your business and some of that. And they, they could have run off with a whole million different ideas of what to do. And they would have worked and labored and missed out on what God could do. So there's power in anointing. There's power in the anointing of God. There is the ability to take something so small and do something so great. When we get into the presence of God, things can happen. When we give God what little we have, things can happen. When you recognize what you're here to do, why you've been born and why you're alive, when you recognize what God has left you to do and you start to lean into that, I can promise you that the greatest version of your story of your life is going to start to take place. You don't need five talents to see your God move. You don't need a billion dollars to see God move. You don't need a million dollars to see God move. You just have to be willing to use what you do have and allow God to be God. Allow God to do the rest. Can I get the band to come up, please? Church, what do you want to see? What do you want to see? What are you crying for? What are you praying for? What are you desiring for? What are you chasing after? What do you want to see in the world around you? What do you want to see in your family? What do you want to see? What do you want to see take place? I want to encourage you, desire to be known by God, desire to be used by God, pursue the anointing of God, pursue the anointing. With the anointing of God upon your life, you will do what you've been called to do with the anointing of God on your life. You will see the glory of the Lord. You can see that breakthrough that you so desire. Come on, you can see those souls being saved. You can see people being set free. You can see blind eyes opening. You can see the dead raised to life. You can see healings. You can see restoration. Church, we can see revival. What do you want to see? What do you so desire? What do you want to achieve on your life? What do you want a God to use you for? Pursue the anointing. Ask God for more of it. Get into His presence. Because it's in His presence that things can start to reorder and realign and prioritise things properly. It's in His presence that there is more. It's in His presence you can ask and you will receive. 
In His presence, there is the anointing of God. And that anointing begins to flow. When the anointing of God begins to flow, don't stop it. Let it flow. Let it flow to you. Let it flow through you and let it flow to the outermost parts of your being. Let it flow to the outermost parts of your family. Let the anointing flow in you and through you. Church, I wanna see the anointing flow. I wanna see the Spirit of God move. I want the breath of God, the breath of life to breathe on what we have and to see things come to life, to see a shift, to see a move of God. I wanna see it. Just don't be the prodigal. The talents are not yours. Don't take them from God and use them. Don't be the rich young ruler because it's the talents that began to consume him and overrule the destiny on his life. The rich young ruler missed out. He might have had a lot, but he had nothing. I want to encourage you to be the boy with five loaves and two fish. Be the boy with five loaves and two fish. Be the, be the, the widow who came and gave everything that she had. It was only two small coins, but it was more than everything else was put in the offering. Bring what you have and let God do what only God can do. Don't limit God because you think your life is limited. Allow God to do what only God can do. Come on, church, would you stand with me tonight? Come on, close your eyes. Engage in this moment with God. He's here. He loves you. He wants more for you. He wants the best for you. Every situation, every issue that is in your life at the moment, God knows about it and He has the way out. Desire more of God. Desire more of God. Don't slip into desiring what the world has on offer. Desire the things of God. Desire what the Spirit wants to do for you. Desire what the Spirit can do through you. Pray those prayers, more of God and less of me. God, I want what you want for me. I don't want what I want. God, I want all that you want for me. I want all that you have for me. Pray those prayers. Pray those prayers again. Stir up yourself for the things of God. Stir up those desires to see greater things being done in you and through you. Stir up the gift that God has given you. To you and through you. With the anointing, you can see God move through you. And with the anointing, you can see a move of God. Church, what do you want tonight? What do you want tonight? Thank you.